lessons on the life of the judges? You guys don't even remember the first judge, do you? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. The lives of the judges, uh, the life of Samuel, and the demand for a king. First Samuel chapter one, and and uh, I mean chapter eight, chapter number eight, and we'll start there tonight. Now, let's look. Let's read a couple verses, and then we'll jump right into the text tonight. And let's read. Let's go ahead and read the first five verses of chapter eight. First uh, Samuel chapter eight and verse number one. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of, the, of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah, and there were judges in Beersheba, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways and turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways, and now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. <laughs> but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. So let's look first of all tonight in the text, let's look at the appeal that they give, the ask, if you will, or the, the, uh, the plea with Samuel. So they're asking for a king. Now, there were a couple reasons why they asked for a king. One of the reasons they wanted a king was in verse number one. Bible says, when Samuel was old, he was old. Look down in verse number uh uh, let's see here, and uh, let me get down to it. Uh, number one is the one of the reasons they wanted to ask uh, for him to be removed was because he was old. In verse number five, the Bible says, and they said unto him, because thou art, behold, thou art old. And uh, he, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a reason why they wanted him to be removed because he was old. And, you know, truly, uh, Samuel was not incapable of doing his job. Samuel was completely capable of doing a job. Uh, look with me in 1 Samuel chapter number 15. There's a couple chapters forward. <coughs> chapter number 15. When Saul became king and uh, he did not do what he was supposed to do, Samuel rose up and did what he was supposed to do. In verse number, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 33, Bible says, and Samuel said, as thy sword hath made women childless, and so thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house and to Gibeah of Saul. What did Samuel do in his old age? He hewed a man into pieces. Uh, you say, well, what does that have to do with him not being capable? Look, he was completely capable of being in that position. Even though he was old, even though he was older, he still was capable of doing it. The other thing that I see here is that I see that these people were completely disrespectful to the man just simply because he was old. And see, that's it. Uh, uh, the girls were supposed to sing a song tonight, weren't they? And uh, I didn't even let them sing. 
<clears throat> when I get done, girls, you come sing, okay? Don't let me forget. Um, when it is completely disrespectful, I think that sometimes it happens in churches. A lot of people want to push the old people to the side, and they're unimportant, and it becomes all about the young people and all about the, all about the youth, and the old people don't matter. And uh, look, it doesn't matter what age you are, old or young, you are important to God. And it shouldn't just be about one age or the other. It shouldn't just be about the youth. Youth is very important. You need young people in the church. Absolutely you do. It's the lifeblood of the church. It's excitement to all, it's excitement to people to see young people come to church, but it's not the only people you need in the church. You need old people too. And you don't just need old people, just old people in the church either, right? Because what happens if it's just old people in the church? What? They slip off in the grave. They slip off in the grave. They go to meet Jesus. Jesus. All right? And so what happens is, is you have to have a good balance of both. And just because someone is old doesn't mean they ought to be pushed off the scene and not be allowed to serve God anymore. All right? Just because you feel, well, I'm old, I can't do anything for God. Yeah, you might have age on you, but there's still things that you can do to please and serve God. Just like there was a place for Samuel to please and serve God, and his spot was to be the judge. Even though they felt like he was old, and he should have been put out to the pasture. He shouldn't have been. It wasn't his time, even though he was old. All right? I've seen, I've heard of things happening that in churches, where they try to push the old pastor out and bring in the new guy. So, so the old pastor, he's kind of lost his mind. Let's bring in the new guy. <laughs> I've heard of it happening. I've never seen it happen. Have you ever heard that happen before? Okay. It's absolutely disrespectful, and it's wrong to treat a man just because he's old in that aspect. (coughs) Are there times when you get to a place when you're older that you should not serve in, in that type of a capacity? Probably so. But just because you're old doesn't mean that you cannot serve God. That's right. Right? That's right. Right. I'm an example. Right? You're an example? Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> You're old? Yeah. <laughs> Whose classification are you old? Uh, pretty old. <laughs> Whose classifi- who's classification are you old? <laughs> I don't know. See, you put yourself in an old category just because you want to. Uh, well. Are you old? Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like I am. You feel like you're old? But I've still got a little left in me to... Is there somebody in this world that's older than you? Oh, yeah. You're old. One or two. There's a couple people that's older than you. Well, I'm just saying, just because you get to a certain age doesn't mean that you can't serve God. And doesn't mean you need to be pushed out either. People that live thousands of years that serve God. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. All right, any thoughts or comments? A lot of times in churches today has become all about the young people and forget the old people. And that's wrong. Yes? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let me ask you this. Is there not wisdom in the gray hair? Yes or no? Well, you say, well, I don't have any gray hair. So, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. 
that dye works pretty good, doesn't it? Some just don't have hair. Hey, Some just don't have hair. But there's wisdom in the gray hair. There's wisdom in life. And so, if you know, if you truly, I've heard people say, I wish I knew now what I wish I knew. Yeah, when I was 18, I wish I knew that now, you know. I prevent you from making a bunch of stupid mistakes, right? But sometimes age, with age, comes great wisdom, all right? And so it's important as you get older not to forget to impart some of that wisdom, right? The Bible says that the women of the church are supposed to teach what? The younger women of the church. And so what are they supposed to teach them? Things that you've learned, things that you've understood, things that God has helped you to get to where you are, right? Bible says in 1 Timothy that we're supposed to be to men, we're supposed to teach the younger men. And that's, uh, I think it's 4-2 that tells us that, to teach the young men. What are you supposed to teach them? What do you teach them? Those things that you've learned, those things that you've seen. And uh, <coughs> there's wisdom in age, Yes? Yeah. I agree. All right. Anybody have any thoughts or questions? Even an old man can be a fool. Even an old man can be a fool. It's true. It, it is true. Oh, yeah. What'd you say? It's true. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. You ain't got nothing but old people here. <laughs> Who is classifying people as old? Look. Now listen. Now listen. Uh, who is classing? You guys immediately classify yourself as old. Uh, I mean, if that's, do you feel old? No, really. No, no. It just was like yesterday, right? I'm not. Some days. Some days. Yeah, we are good days, bad days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, old is relative, is it not? I understand the older you get, the more you feel it, right? But yes, even, even with age, even an old man can be a fool because he hasn't learned from his mistakes. He hasn't learned from his <coughs> time on earth. But anyways, I see... The first reason they asked him to, to give us a king was because it was time to push Samuel aside. He was old. It's time to move on. It's time to, um, to bring in this new thing. Now, number two, the reason they asked for a new king, or they appealed to have a new king, look down in verse number five. <coughs> and they said unto him, because, behold, thou art old, and thy son's what? Walk not in your ways, and now make us a king. So these men, they said, your sons, your sons, Abai and Joel, they do not walk like you walked. They do not live like you lived. They are not righteous like you, you are righteous. And so because of that, it's time to give us a king because uh, your sons shouldn't be judges because of what they did. Now, 
what did these sons do? Look down in verse number three. It describes to us what they did. Bible says they walked not in his ways, but turned aside after what? Lucre. What is that? Money. Money. All right. And took bribes and perverted the judgment. Okay. So there's three principles that they did. One is they chased the money. They turned aside after the money. Uh, that became their number one reason. The Bible says uh, the root of all evil is what? The love of money. Money is not evil, but loving that money is evil. And that's where the root of the evil is. And these, these men, Joel and Abai, they decided that that money was their drive and that money was their reason and that money was going to drive them to do whatever it was. And so it became the most important thing. Now, because, and, it, and, I, I, and you know, like I know that there are crooked and uh, politicians and things that take place today because of money. Money has changed people. Have you ever seen somebody come into money and it changes them and it changes the way they are and it changes the way they treat you? It changes what they are uh, because of money. We see, number one, because of the money. Number two is because they took bribes. <laughs> what kind of bribes did they take? I don't know. But uh, the bribes that they took were bribes that were breaking the law. These were bribes that were causing them to bend the rules for Billy Bob because he stole something. But he said, well, if we give the judge a couple things on the side, he'll make sure that he doesn't throw the book at him and uh, make sure he bends the law for his buddy, right? He took bribes. They took bribes, uh, things, maybe it was money, because it was filthy lucre or, or lucre is what the Bible says, or, or just just goods. They wanted them to take goods. Have you ever been tried to be bribed before? Oh, yeah. I was working as paint inspector one time. I had a paint contractor come to me and say, hey, look, uh, uh, you know, I passed my uh, paint job. I'm, I'm filing holidays everywhere. I use a mirror and all this stuff. Uh-huh. And I said, no, I'm not going to pass that. I said, you need to get out there and touch all those lines. <laughs> And uh, he says, look, I got a free Astro ticket. So I said, I don't watch baseball. <laughs> and, uh, he didn't know what to say then. Uh, he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll touch him up. You know. yeah, well, right. And, and I think it, like I said before, it happens. It happens in government. It happens in schools. It happens in, in even in churches. There's this kind of things that take place. I think all parents have brought the kid once or twice. Oh! <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, you know. Um, but they took bribes. They took something. And uh, it caused them to break the law. And that's not who Samuel was. That's not who Samuel trained them to be. Samuel was a righteous judge, a righteous man. And they went outside the bounds of what Samuel had trained them to do. They went after lucre. They went after bribes. And then the Bible says they perverted Judgment. What do you think that means that they perverted judgment? What do you think? What do you think in your mind would pervert judgment? Letting the bad guys go. Letting the bad guys go? 
Letting the bad guys go? Lying? Bribes? I think all of those things that everyone said would play into that, perverting the judgment. (coughs) And I truly feel like that's it perverts judgment today. That's it. That we allow things to pervert our judgment. Uh, What do you mean? Uh, Mess up our judgment. We have bad judgment simply because of something that we're gaining from. What do you what do you gain from? What are you gaining? What are you what are you after it for? Why are you doing what you're doing? Is there a gain that you're hoping to get? Is there something that you're trying to leverage yourself to get? Is that why you're doing what you're doing? Because I feel like this is what this is describing to us is that they perverted the judgment. And so what did they do? They did things to get things. Does that make sense? You know, as a, as a Christian, as a person, you know, you can do things to get things, right? Well, I scratch their back, they're going to scratch mine, right? You know, but truly, is that how we ought to live our life? Is making sure like, hey, buddy, you know, I better get up good with them right now because I, I might get something good. I had a, I, I met a guy um, I was working at Pepsi-Cola, and this guy come in, and he'd, he'd uh, played in the NFL. And he said, he said what, what was so funny to me was, he said, my friends and family, <clears throat> as soon as I signed a contract in the NFL, all became my best friend. Because they wanted to come get the money. He said, I, I found out I was family with people I had no idea how I had family with just because I got some money. You know, like, is that how we, is that how we treat people? Is, should that be how we treat people? Boy, what can I gain? If I'm good friends with Brother Alfred, what can I get from this right here? <laughs> yeah. right? right? Is that how some people act? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What am I going to gain from being this? Whatever it is, Right? That, I think that that's uh, perverted their judgment. All right, anybody else? Any thoughts or questions before we move on? You know, it's a shame. Like, before I left work, I know if we caught somebody doing something or we were a tank over or we did something we were supposed to do, we dealt out the judgment as a senior supervisor. Mm-hmm. But I had shift supervisors. And I saw pervert, they were perverting the, they, they would do things they shouldn't do. And you see this stuff, but you try to stay away from it. And I had a friend he was a godly man, and he stood behind uh-huh. But these other guys that shift supervisors that worked at night, they would let their crew get away with stuff that should not happen. Yeah. Only because they wanted to be the good guy. Mm-hmm. And that, that just don't work in life. It doesn't. It doesn't. You reap what you sow. That's right. Bottom line. And I believe this, and I truly believe this, that this scenario, these elders came to Samuel 
They, they sure, they were upset that the two boys were being wrong. But look at this. In this text, it doesn't say anything about removing those two men from being judges. They were using it as leverage to get them a king. And so they came to Samuel and they said, well, look, you're old and your two boys, you know, they're kind of doing things they're not supposed to do. You need to give us a king. So what they do, they were manipulative. They were deceiving, if you will, when they came to Samuel, trying to get Samuel to give them a king. And all they were doing was manipulating the situation to say, well, or blackmailing, right? Like, oh, I'm going to tell everybody about your two boys if you don't give this. <coughs> now, it's interesting what happens next, but we'll read that text in just a moment. But anybody have any questions about that or comment? I'm just saying that Eli's two sons were crooked. Right. And Eli knew it. That's right. And he let it go. Right. Samuel, I think Samuel was a godly man that tried to put a quaid aside. Thank you. If he felt his sons was out of whack, I think he would try to keep them. Like oh, absolutely. Them. Absolutely. There's no indication in the scripture that he promoted it or he knew about it and it was okay with it, like it tells us about Eli. Eli knew it, you know. He did. He knew it and he, uh, well, he got cut. Yeah. They would bring, they would bring him some and he got to like him that. That's true. That's true. But the Lord didn't. Right. Right. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Samuel and him wanting a king. And, you know, to me, what the, the children of Israel should have done is to sought the Lord for what they needed to do. Right. They didn't seek the Lord. No. They were trying to fix it themselves. That's right. That's right. But if, and it, and it, you hear God, he's displeased because he covets their voices, their need. He wants to hear them call to him, and they don't. Right. So they didn't get what they need. They got what they wanted. Yeah. And that was a mistake. It is. It is because it ends up, you know, you know the kings, what takes place with the kings and not long after having the kings for a few years and then the kingdom splits and it cuts Israel in half and it divides, divides the kingdom and goes into captivity and all those things take place because of, wanting and desiring that king. And you'll see in the very next verses that they did not they did not ask God what he wanted. They demanded. They demanded that God give him a king. Samuel, you give us a king right now. I mean, can you I don't know, sometimes I feel like even as Christians, maybe we don't use those exact words and we're like, "God, Give this to me. But do we sometimes demand things of God? I mean, truly, when we pray and we spend time with the Lord, do we, do we demand things from God? I would hope that that would not be the way that we approach God. But in this scenario, they didn't even approach God that way. They went to Samuel. They didn't ask God. They didn't ask God. Now, Samuel does. And that very first number six is the verse that we read. <coughs> so we see that their appeal was, 
hey, Samuel, number one, the reason you need to back off is because you're old. Number two is because you have sons that are not like, uh, not walking in your ways. But they weren't concerned about that. They truly were just concerned about getting a king. You see in that verse number five, and then we'll move on to the next, next point. But verse number five, he says, and like all the other nations. We need to be like all the other nations. Well, what does the Bible tell the children of Israel? That they're a peculiar people? That they're separate from them? They're not supposed to be like the world and like that? Now, they were set apart. They were supposed to be set apart people. Um, but the children of Israel didn't want that. And they didn't ask God. Well, look what happens, number two, when, when Samuel asked God. Verse number six. But this thing displeased Samuel. When they said, give us a king to judge us, and Samuel prayed in the Lord. Yeah, interesting to see and to note, the first thing that Samuel did, what was he going to do? He's going to pray. He's going to make sure he went to God. <coughs> there was wisdom in that. There was wisdom in asking God. There was wisdom in praying. Uh, and, and just like for us today, there's wisdom in going to God to pray. There's wisdom in asking God, what is your will? Uh, rather than just making a rash decision, boom, it's done. No, ask God, what does he want? Well, what does God desire? What does God want for me? What is the will of God? Too many times we want to th things to happen fast. And we want things to happen quick. And rather than asking God, what do you want? What's God's will? What do you want, God? And Samuel went to God and said, hey, God, what do you want? What do you want us to do? Now, now again, this is kind of interesting to me as I studied this out. It's interesting to me God's answer. You know what God's answer is? In verse number seven, verse number nine, verse number 22, God tells Samuel to listen to the people. Now, why? Why, why would God tell Samuel to listen to the people? Again, I don't think there's a wrong answer in that. But why would God say, Samuel, hearken to the people, listen to the people? Three times, the answer to his prayer was, listen to the people. Why do you think God did this? The only thing I can see is his compassion for the people. Because you see, Jesus had a lot of compassion. Upon the, upon the crowds, upon the people. And the only thing I can see is that, gee, that God knew they wouldn't accept in him because he had, they forgot too quick what all he had been doing. Right. And he said, well, they're going to learn. I have the compassion. They'll learn. They've been told. Yeah. Because uh, Samuel tried to tell them what's going to happen. And they didn't listen. I didn't listen. That's right. All right? Yes, sir. He's not just looking at our words. You know, we may know what we need, or we may know what we want. But God wants us, I guess would say that he wants us to want what he wants. And he don't, he really don't want to force himself 
on his own people. And I, I think maybe he was trying to develop a relationship with Israel and they just were not responding to it. And it happened over and over again. You know? Right, right. Um, and I, I don't know what, I don't know, that, I don't know that there's a right answer, wrong answer, I really don't, um, because the Bible doesn't exactly say, but um, God has given every one of us the spirit of free will, right? Have you ever made mistakes? Who let you do that? Right, but I mean, who, who's, who's sovereign? Who's, who's a God that can control what takes place? God does. So who let it happen? God allowed those things to take place. So even in all that, we understand that I understand that God is sovereign and God knows what's going to take place, but God doesn't control what takes place. Does that make sense? So in that aspect is when the children of Israel begged for a king, he says in that very next verse, Brother Alfred, let me see that paper for a second. In that next verse, in verse number seven, he said, The Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken to the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee. Samuel, they're not rejecting you. Look what he says. But they have rejected who? Me. God said, the reason I want you to allow them to have a king is because they've not rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. Because when, that, when the judges were over the children of Israel, it was God who was the judge. And the, and the judge was there just to simply guide them. And God was to be the one in charge. And so with a king, the king is the one that's going to demand. And he'll go on, Saul goes on, Samuel goes on, <laughs> to tell them that, hey, a king's going to demand that your son serves in the army. And you're, the king's going to demand that this is going to take place. And you're going to do what the king says. And if, your son, if the king wants your son, then the king's going to get your son. And he goes on to explain to them what takes place if you want a king. Because I'm no longer king of your life. And so what's going to take place is, and it's true, just like today, you can live your life however you want to live, and God's going to allow you to do what you want to an extent. But when you allow him not to be king of your life, somebody will be king of your life. And he'll make those decisions for you and, and he'll draw you into things you shouldn't be in and you'll do things you shouldn't do because the king of your life is not the Lord. And Jesus or Christ or God allowed the children of Israel to have a king and that king manipulated. There was times in... A lot of times in the Old Testament kingship, there were wicked kings and they put up groves and they'd worship idols and they'd do these things and, and wicked things. And there were times that they threw uh, prophets in jail and killed prophets and were against prophets and, and the prophets of the Lord. There were multiple times when kings would do that. Their own king of Israel. But God knew when they allow, when you allow someone else to be king of your life, that's what will take place. You allow Christ to be king of your life, it'll be a lot different than allowing the devil to be king of your life. Yes, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. All right, anybody have any thoughts or questions? Well, uh, 
people of Israel will follow the light. God is quite clear. And they're wanting a physical, something up there physically to tell them what to do besides God. They were rejecting God. And, uh, and they chose man instead of God, and man started leading them astray. You know? Man is stupid, you know? I mean, God, <laughs> no, really. I mean, they, they, they go for money and, and earthly things, you know? Right. But they forget about the future and you know, their, you know, their, their period here on earth. They think after you die, you just fall off right. the grave and forget about it. Right. There ain't nothing going to happen to you, you know? And I'd be surprised today if people believe that. Actually, there's no heaven or hell. I don't believe in that. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll just fall off in a grave. That's it. Right. That's and, and, you know, that's kind of this, the idea that's uh, strong today is that you're king of your life. You, you control everything rather than allowing the Lord to control. Miss Janice, she's going to say something. That's right. I don't know if I can say it right. I think that it's the Bible that God, the reason that he lets things, lets us have our way, why can't we do it right there? Because he knows what's going to happen. He's in control, and it's going the way that he wants it to go. And that's why he allows it, because that's what he wants in the first place. So when people, I, I'm, probably not, I'm probably mixing everybody up, but I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. But I think that when we, sometimes when we get headed down a path, even though it may be wrong, God allows that to mm-hmm. happen. Right. Because he is in control, and he's going to make that for our good eventually. Right. Down the line. Right. We learn from that. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, the Bible says in Romans eight twenty eight, it says, We know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose. Now, that's not to say that <coughs> you throw a bunch of things in our life and all those things, and this is what that verse is teach. That verse teaches is throw a bunch of things in our life, and all of it will work at the end to be for the good, even though we don't understand why or what and all those things that we'll experience in life. And so, right, right. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always liken it unto if you've ever ate a chocolate chip cookie, I, I absolutely love, love chocolate chip cookies, homemade chocolate chip cookies with hot, with some cold ice milk and uh, ice, ice milk. I always like to put ice in my milk to go with hot chocolate chip cookies, hint, hint. And, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, like that. But, you know, you're not going to sit down and eat a, a, a spoonful of flour and a spoonful of baking soda. You're not going to because those things are disgusting. You know, they have to have the right mixture in the eggs. You're not, most people, now maybe you're sitting out there and you eat raw eggs, but most people aren't going to sit down and eat raw eggs and, and those types of things. But when you mix all of those things together, it makes a beautiful chocolate chip cookie. That's it. But all of those ingredients are not always nice. <laughs> I better stop. But all of those ingredients are not always nice, but at the end result, it gets what God wants. And so the children of Israel demanded a king. God says, well, give them a king because that's what they want. But at the end of the day, Jesus came as the king of kings. 
And so he came in the lineage of a king, the king and the lion and the tribe of Judah. And so it was all of it to bring to fruition the, the prophecy of Jesus being born. And so he allows those things to take place and allows, but he allows also for people to make a personal choice. Just like today, we leave out from here, everybody in this room, you'll make your own personal choices, you'll make your own reasonings, own decisions, and it's all up to you. God's not going to make you do one thing or the other. You have to make that choice for yourself. He's not going to force anybody to get saved. He's not going to force anybody to live a righteous life. You have to make that decision for yourself. <coughs> All right? All right, any other thoughts or questions? I didn't get all the, through that text, but but you see, number one, we see the appeal. Number two, we see the ask or the prayer of, of uh, Samuel. And there's some things in here um, prayer does. Prayer, prayer brings peace. You know, in your life, if you're, if you're struggling, if things are going on, things are going rough or whatever it is, that prayer time can bring peace in your life like it's never been done. How? Because you're communicating with God, who is the Prince of Peace. Prayer brings, um, prayer brings, brings relief to a burdened heart. You're sitting here today and you have a burden, you have a burdened heart, you have something on your mind, you have something that you're carrying, that prayer time can relieve that. Samuel went to God and asked God, why? Give these guys a king? Now, he told them to hearken. He told them to listen to the, to the, to the men of Israel. But look in verse number nine, and I'm, I'm going to be done. Now, therefore, hearken unto their voice. Again, how be it yet? protest <coughs> unto them. He told him, he said, God told him, he said, Samuel, protest them. Tell them why. Tell them why you don't want them to have a king, okay? Tell them why, and we'll get that to that next week. All right, let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house.